Good morning, everyone. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned in to Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soap Talk. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Absolutely. And when you said the cancel culture, I said to myself, Lord, well, you know what? On the flip side of that, as a Christian, um, getting used to the cancellation, okay? Because our culture is so um, opposed to God, you know? So if you say something, let's say I go into a, a group or, um, or organization and I say something about God and, and what he stands for, I may be canceled for that because um, it's, it just, it's not fitting to the narrative. And so I have to, by way of the Holy Spirit, Um, come to the point where I'm with rejection, which is an area that I've struggled in because of childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, um, children being bullied and things of that nature, the outlier, the ostracized. um, And, you know, back then I couldn't really see, well, what's the point of this? This hurts really, really bad, Mm -hmm. you know? And so what ends up happening is, especially, you know, you have teens and young children, they try to uh, morph into whatever group they're trying to fit into, they, they try to conform because they want to fit in. They don't want to mm-hmm. feel like, you know, they're being pushed to, that, to the rim. But as a Christian, I'm starting to learn more and more each day um, that you're going to be pushed to that rim. You're going to be, that's, that's inevitable. Yeah. Um, and so I'm learning how to embrace that more and more, even though it's painful. It's a painful process. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and sugarcoat something and yeah. say, oh no, it's, it's, it's good. No. Um, it's like, I have to be okay with being ostracized, with, with being told that, and I'm, and like I said to you before, I am by no means saying that I've arrived to all of these areas and I've perfected them, but it's something that because I love God, I'm willing to do, you know, and it's, it's a lot of deep thought goes in, um, on, be, on, on behalf of knowing that, you know, and, uh, when we're talking about people being, you know, just internal beings and internal souls, just really taking it seriously. Because um, last night I was just thinking like, Lord, I have to come before you. Mm-hmm. Like I have to come up before you and, 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 and be, and give an account, you know? And I just, I just want to be pleasing to God. Now I know that, you know, sometimes I, I get in my own head and I feel like I have to do this, that, and the other, and I'm imposing all these rules. And I think we had this conversation mm-hmm. in an earlier podcast about me basically turning in on myself as a Pharisee, like you have to do this, that, and the other to be acceptable to God. And um, he's working with me through that. Thanks be to God. But I, I just, um, I do want to be pleasing to him, but this is not a game. This is what I told my husband last night. This is not a game to be toyed with. You know, we have all these distractions coming in on us about what we should be focusing on and what's important in life and getting to that next level of success, right? All while our souls are on the line. And that to me has just been something that's been at the forefront of my mind. Like, Lord, why can't I see or why can't, you know, this happen? And it's like, it's, it's, it's the way the adversary designed it. If he can distract you enough to where you're not focusing on God, even within the body, you know, how many times that I gotten out of focus and God had to bring me back into focus. I mean, 
it, it's just it's been my walk I can't speak for everyone else but that's been my experience um and right now God is is definitely um focusing me back on what I need to pay attention to um not you know is the house clean dinner and of course those are important but like that's not my identity it's like housewife and that's it like I'm so much more than that and so um yeah I say that to say that I, I just really appreciate um this conversation because it's helping me work through a lot of things that I'm currently going through so yeah I appreciate you sharing I know um one of the verses while you were talking I hope this is one of my favorite verses Hebrews 4 and 16 it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when we're <clears throat> doing things that are contrary to like counterculture, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the word we've been saying, mm -hmm. we have to stand boldly because it's not, we're not standing boldly against what we believe. We are standing boldly against what Christ is teaching us. Mm -hmm. We are being representatives of him. We're allowing our light to shine and a light knows nothing but to shine like a light doesn't say well you know what i think i'm just gonna dim myself in this situation no it just knows to shine it's just mm -hmm. i'm here you know hi i'm here um <laughs> and it's unless you put something over it it's gonna do what it's gonna do it's gonna shine so and if some people do not like that you know we've got to stand bold and say i really wish you could go with me or i really wish you could join me but I know Brother Parker, everybody can't go where you go. <laughs> I really has, I'm learning that still, but I'm, I'm, I've really learned that more lately. You know, when you're on a walk and you're really trying to seek Christ and you're trying to do things for your, your family and your, it's just people are not there in the same place. And like Jennifer said, no matter how old they are, uh, you know, I have older fam family, older friends, you know, that didn't make any difference. They are not where they, where I am right now. I'm, you know, me and my husband, we, we see what we want and we see what we want for our children, our children's children. So that starts with us. And if that means that we have to disconnect ourselves from something or some, some, a group of people, then that's what we're going to have to do because that's, that's what we feel is necessary for us, for God to lead us the way he wants us to go, not where we want to go. Mm -hmm. Amen. Absolutely, sis. Well, Brother Parker, we're going to jump into the next question. Uh, what encouragement or counsel would you give a Christian who is currently exposed to conditional relationships that weigh heavily on outward performance and inadvertently approaches their relationship with Christ in the same manner? You know, you, you have to be true to yourself, right? You know, so being able to know who you are and stick to that and not allow anybody to change who you are. Because we, we, our role, our obligation is to please God, right? We're, we're not here to please man. And so the first and foremost relationship that we should have, uh, that we should prioritize, is our relationship with God. And if we do that, then all of our other relationships will fall uh, under that and in like manner priority uh, under God. And so, you know, we're allowing our, our current relationship to have a negative impact on our most important relationship, our, our relationship with God, then that's something we have to reconsider. You know, is, is, is this person what I really need right now? Is this something that's pleasing um, to God? 
And, and so um, it's important that you do remain true to yourself, true to what you know is right. And, and so um, uh, ultimately what begins to happen is that over time, you be drawn further and further away from God. And the important thing about that, um, uh, that, that's so dangerous, is that God is the one constant. He's the one in our life that's eternal. Many relationships in our lives, they're just not meant to last forever. Some are, uh, but some are not. And so why allow something that's temporary to draw you away from what is eternal? And so you have to reprioritize and be true to yourself and not change. Allow God to transform you, but don't reduce your standards and change for somebody else. Amen. That's a great answer. Absolutely. Very good answer. Thank Absolutely. you. That's straight to the point. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Brother Parker, thank you for that answer. Um, our next question is going to be, what is the difference between doing what's in someone's best interest and giving people what they want when it comes to love? Yeah, you know, when, when we truly love somebody, then we want what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what's best for them or what they need may not necessarily be what they want. Mm -hmm. and, and so if we truly love a person, if we truly want done what's in their best interest, then we're, we may be the ones who are there giving them advice that they may not like. You know, but guess what? It may be uncomfortable temporarily, but it's more beneficial in the long run, as opposed to somebody who's there, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to, you know, tell you whatever you want to hear. Is that a true friend? Like, you, you got the question that if, if they're just telling me what I want to hear, even if I'm going the wrong direction, I'm like, I'm headed this direction. They're like, oh, go right ahead. I'm with you. I'm supporting you. But they see me going the wrong direction. That's not a true friend. Yeah. So if, if I'm going to truly love somebody and, and, and be there for them, then I'm going to I'm going to tell them or, or, or be there in a, a manner that they need, not necessarily what they want. Because we could become complicit in leading them the wrong direction when we're only giving what they want as opposed to what they need. Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I, I, I do that with my kids. I, they, they call me mean mommy, you know, when I don't give them what they want. And I, I have to tell, but, I, but then that, I feel like also, let's, let's, let's humanize it. I feel guilt because I'm like, well, I want, you know, in, in my, in my carnal mind, you know, you want them to be happy, but our emotions are fleeting. So it doesn't matter if you're happy right now, because guess what? I can make you happy now. And then two seconds later, you can look at something else to say, well, you know what? Now I'm sad because I want this now. So, I, and I, and that's what we're, I'm having to teach them. You know, mommy's not mean, this is just what you have to do. You know, this is yeah. Yeah. what is, is good for you. Even though you Absolutely. don't see it, this is what is good for you. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things, you know, sometimes it feels difficult to see, you know, but hey, if somebody give me advice against my will, you know, then I mean, against my will against something that I may not like, but this, if it's in my best interest, then hey, that, that's how it is. It's kind of like one of those things. I might not like you right now, but I love you. Yeah. Wait till I get over being angry with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you tell me something nice or how dare you give me the right advice? <laughs> no, but absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's just natural. That's just human. Yeah. Because I was guilty of that, especially growing up, my mom gave me great advice. But I was like, why are you talking to me? Why would you say that to me? You know, that's just 
that was me being young and immature and rebellious. So, you know. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that response, uh, Brother Parker. And so our next question is, um, some may think that because God occasionally grants instantaneous victory, um, that all ever areas, excuse me, of our lives that need improvement should change rapidly. However, more often, and in my experience, um, he leads us through a process of, uh, that requires obedience and faith, discipline, and time. What are your thoughts about that? I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, our time is not God's time, right? You know, I, I think the Psalms that says a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So sometimes it's difficult for us as humans to wait on God's timing. Sometimes we want what we want and we want it now, especially in our culture and Western civilization. I remember when my, before my wife and I went to our honeymoon in Bahamas, they, they instructed us from the beginning that I have to tell you now, when you go over there, like if you go to the restaurant, it's gonna take time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because they, I think I think that's something that they feel compelled to tell Americans because we're just so used to everything being yeah, instant. Yeah. And sometimes as Christians, I feel like we're the same way. Even you know, we're just so used to you know, like I said, especially our culture, everything being instant that we want to fit God into those standards. But remember, uh, the thing about God is that when God does something, it's done. It doesn't matter how long it takes, it's done. As opposed to if something is completely done instantaneous, it may not be done. Like it, it, it may be a temporary fix, yeah. but God's goal is not just to bandage something, right? You know, but God's goal is to correct, you know. And so sometimes we have to learn to wait on him. And, and, and that requires discipline and obedience. That requires time. Um, and so we just have to learn to wait. And it's a growth, it's a growing process. And and um, but sometimes you can see these things in yourself, you can see your your growth. Um, I know you know we talked a lot, for example, about you know feeding the hungry and, and the homeless. And and I, I've noticed that growth in myself, right? You know, um I, I never was to this complete extreme that I hear some people say, but I was on that side. Well, why don't they get up? You know, right? Why why don't they get up and you know, maybe go get a job. Hey, that girl out there on the street, you know, she, she wanted to be out there, you know, that kind of thing. But as I grow and, and as I allow God more to transform me, I began to see, hey, people are people, mm. right? You know, people make mistakes. People end up in places where they may not necessarily want to be. Mm. And so uh, I, I learned that. And, and so um, the, the thing that separates me from a, a, a person that's on the street isn't my effort, it's God's grace, right? And, and I have to Amen. remember that, you know, the glory yeah. be to God for that. And, and so, um, and I think in, in sometimes I feel like in the, in, since we're just talking, y'all, y'all my sister, right? I, I, yes, I, yes, I, talk. <laughs> there, there's a couple things that, that um, I, I struggle with, not necessarily personally, but I struggle with as from a pers uh, perspective standpoint in, mm -hmm. in, in church, um, mm -hmm. uh, two things. One is exactly what we've been talking about all morning, and that's fixing up ourselves on the outside and neglecting mm -hmm. the inside. And, and I, I feel like since I've been, you know, in, in, in the church, and, and this, is, this is something that's, you know, I feel like just applicable to so many, you know, variations of, of you know, no matter what heritage, you know, people are from, mm -hmm. uh, what, what religious heritage is that we emphasize dress so much, you know, that you, you better put on that three-piece suit before you go and worship. You better put on that nice dress with the big hat. And I mean, just so much focus on the outside. 
Uh, and, and, and that that really is a struggle um, in, in, in my ministry because I, I've grown to a point of realizing, you know, that it's not about that. You know, I, I've gone, you know, to some, some lectureships and as a preacher, it's kind of like that's what everybody expects you to do. If you're, if, if, if you're preaching or if you're on a lectureship, oh, you better bring oh, your yeah, best. You have to have on a suit, Brother Parker. You better not go up there in those slacks in a polo shirt. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You know, but we and, and so we prom, we promulgated this um, this whole concept of outside religion. I, I feel like we, um, uh, as Christians, even we've been we've been complicit in promulgating that type of atmosphere and that type of attitude. So we have to be careful with that. The second struggle is our lack of vulnerability. You know, we create, and you, and this is something that you hit to um, earlier, uh, Jennifer. And, and so I feel like in the church we have to allow people to be vulnerable we have to we can't dismiss people or cancel people because they're they're they bring out some faults because we've all got them but for some reason we created this atmosphere where you have to bring your perfect right you know everything you have to appear so holy so perfect you know where i feel like you know the atmosphere at church shouldn't be like that you know um god he wants our very best, you know, but guess what? Our, our, our very best isn't perfection. You know, nobody's perfect. And, and so sometimes we tend to dress up and to present this whole front. And let's be honest, it's not for God. We only do this for others. And so we create this atmosphere which um, punishes vulnerability. You know, some God forbid a teenager come to, you know, worship pregnant right you know oh let oh what we need to do you know we need to oh this and that and beat her over the head with the bible you're going to hell you know someone get pregnant she repents you know it's it's not time for that you know it's hey what do you need how can we be here as a church family to help you through this right Mm -hmm. you know and so we we cannot live in that atmosphere anymore where we punish vulnerability yeah and you you hit on Ooh, so many points. Lord, <laughs> no, seriously. And yes, when, you did. When you said that, I'm thinking, and what happened in all that time that teenager was in service that you didn't reach out or try to connect with that teenager? Um, and the, yeah. the first commu- form of communication they have with you is when they actually like right. are pregnant. Where were you that whole... That's why I'm like the intimacy with God and also intimacy with each other. So yes. that if you, you, you know, you connect with the teenager, you find out because now, you know, you have a relationship. She tells you, hey, I'm, 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 I'm sexually active. That's when that brother or sister can come in and come alongside that teenager and encourage them and to tell them, you know, rebuke. Of course, we got to, you know, you're going to tell them don't do that. You know what I mean? But showing true love and care for each other. Yeah, we're, we're all struggling. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'll be the first one to tell you, but it's, it's, it's interesting in our conversations to hear that, that lack of vulnerability come up multiple times. And that just goes to show that we need to be more open and honest with each other. Cause that's, I'm like, Lord, the, the scripture says confessing our sins to one another, right? Yes, well, if, <laughs> if I never hear you confess and I can never confess and you can come out with this false assumption that they have it all together. Uh-huh. Or if I'm confessing, but I don't hear confessions, then it makes me feel like, am I the only one going through right. something right, right now? Right, right. <laughs> 
Why am I so bad? What is going on? I'm horrible. <laughs> exactly. I read something. I'm going to make this quick. I read something this morning and it said, we're supposed to walk with our brothers and sisters through their exodus rather than simply be cheerleaders across the Jordan. Amen. We're supposed to come yeah. alongside each other and love In each every other. every aspect of life. That part. We're supposed to do life together. Right, we're so, right, right. This, this is, we see God in one another. You know what I mean? Not making each other gods, but I'm saying you see that light of Christ in your brother and sister. They love you. They care about where you're at. They care about your life. They open their hearts up. This is, this is heart transformation for me. Yeah. It's like, God changing me and then me opening up my heart to others. And yes, it's, there's pain involved because people disappoint and things happen. We've all done it, but that vulnerability aspect, brother. Yes. I'm praying, you know, that, that God um, can use me to open my heart to someone and be vulnerable and prayerfully help them through a situation, genuinely coming alongside, not like that random phone call, like, hey, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, and then I hang yeah. up the phone and I go about my day and I don't yeah. think about you ever again. No, doing, because these are souls that we're talking about here, precious, eternal souls. And this is what God is, he's changing the way I'm viewing people. Not like, oh, that person over there, even with my husband, he's a soul and I'm impacting him either positively or negatively. That concludes another episode of Soap Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.